it takes the same amount of work and the same amount of effort to sell a $10 item than it does to sell a $500 item. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, have you been feeling overwhelmed looking for the right online job? Maybe you don't have enough remote skills or maybe you have no idea how to create a killer resume that will help you stand out from the crowd. I've learned that having a community of people supporting you through this process can be the deciding factor whether you make it or break it. That's why I am so excited to share that this September, we will be opening up our doors to our remote skills membership, where we teach you incredible techniques that will help you land online gigs by learning from leading experts every single month. Our membership will provide you with the skills you need and accountability partners that will help you succeed. For more information, visit learnremoteskills.com. Again, that's learnremoteskills.com. On this week's episode, I speak with Johnny FD, who is a successful online entrepreneur. In 2013, he started his first online business through publishing a book on Amazon Kindle. Then he replaced his 9 to 5 income by starting a drop shipping store, which he later sold for $60,000 and he invested it into growing passive income. Since then, he has generated well over a million dollars in online businesses and have sold three more stores. Johnny has been earning over six figures each year while traveling the world and have visited over 50 countries. Now he spends his time traveling the world as a digital nomad, living off of and creating new streams of passive income, investing and giving back by hosting the annual Nomad Summit Conference. To listen on to find out how Johnny has been able to live his dream by creating multiple streams of income with his drop shipping stores. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to be with Johnny today. Hey Johnny, how are you? Hey Debbie, how's it going? I am great. Can you tell us more about you, Johnny, and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, so I grew up in California. I had a great life, California life, but I honestly wasn't that happy. And I, I had everything I needed. You know, I had a nice car. I had a good job. I had the cool clothes. And, you know, you go out to, to nice clubs on the weekend. But something was missing. And then I didn't really realize what that was until I started traveling. And I still, you know, I went to Thailand for my first time. And I realized there is a different life than, you know, what kind of everyone else lives. Yeah. I mean, it's always something that, we go through when we make this transition and start living a life that most people would say you're crazy <laughs> to do. When you finally realize that this is really something that you wanted to go into, how did you do it? How did you prepare for it? So I would like to say I prepared, but I really didn't. I, I, I bought a plane ticket. I went to Thailand and it was only supposed to be a three week trip. But when I was there, I kind of just fell in love with scuba diving. I fell in love with, you know, the great weather. And even though in California we had good weather, Thailand is just on another level, especially down on the islands. 
You know, it, it felt like I was in Hawaii. And the difference is Hawaii is expensive and Thailand is really, really cheap. And it's the same with, you know, islands in the Philippines. And there's so many places in the world where, you know, for $1,000 a month, you can live a very nice life on the beach with great weather year round. And to do the same thing in California would cost easily, you know, five times that amount of money. Yeah. And it's so crazy what your money can give you when you start living outside of it. Now, when you were there, you were in Thailand. Is that when you finally thought to yourself, okay, I'm not going back to California. This is it. (laughs) I'm leaving everything behind because I don't want to leave paradise. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think it was an option when I first went there, but I met a guy named Rene Kristoff. He was my scuba diving instructor and he had been living there, you know, for 10 years. And I had asked him how much he pays for rent and, you know, what's the cost of living. And it was so low. I think he was spending, you know, $400 a month on his apartment. And his total cost of living was less than 1000 And I thought, man, I'm pretty sure I can just work for a few months, save up money, and then go live in Thailand, you know, part-time. And my original plan was to fly back and forth every three or four months. And it sounds ridiculous now because it's such a long flight, but actually financially it made sense. You know, for a thousand dollars to fly uh, round trip, uh, I can go home, work for a few months, save up a few thousand dollars, and then go really just enjoy myself and scuba dive and and live an alternative life, an offbeat life. Once I did that the first couple of times, I realized, you know what? I don't even want to fly back. <laughs> I don't want to go back. Let me figure out: is there a way where I can earn money? and do what I love doing. I wish I would have said that right away I created some kind of online income, but I didn't. The first four years, I was taking people out scuba diving, which actually turned out to be probably even better. I would say there's no way I would do that now for you know a thousand bucks a month because it's a lot of work, but I'm so happy that I spent four years doing it because I had the best time of my life. <laughs> At least you were able to take your dream and make it come true. And a lot of times, like if you realize it at that moment and then you start talking to people who are remote workers or even expats who are able to do this and do it full time, like you said, it's so much less money. You know, I'm based in New York usually and you were from California and we literally grind every single day just to keep up, not even to enjoy anything, you know, and you have to work extra hard to do it. And then here you going to Thailand and then you realize people are actually living a very good life. And, you know, we think about it, we're so privileged to have that option to actually go to a different country and live so much better than what we actually are doing in the United States, which is ironic, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think when you're in the US, whether you're in California, New York, or another big city, it's really hard to control your finances because there's always something to buy. There was always the new restaurant you want to try. There's always you know the new style, the new fashion that you want to keep up with with a new car. And a lot of people, you know, think they save money, but I remember trying to put, you know, aside $200 a month was really hard. You know, even though I was making 50,000 a year, I was barely able to save 200 bucks a month. I had, you know, nothing in savings. And I think most Americans, like 95% of Americans have less than, you know, a couple thousand dollars in the bank. And in Thailand, all of a sudden, 
I realized, hey, if I can just make $1,000 US, I can live here forever. If I can make $3,000 a month, you know, which really isn't that hard to do, that's you know, like making $36,000 a year back home, it allows you to not only just live a great life now and enjoy your life now, but if you can save that other two-thirds and invest it or you know, use it to buy a business or to you know, level up your skills, that really is the hack. That is the ultimate laugh hike. Yeah. So now, Johnny, once you finally decided that you needed to do something else aside from scuba diving, what was it that you actually did to make this more sustainable so you can maybe travel around? And, you know, as a scuba diver or an instructor, there's a lot of places that don't really have that option. So how were you able to make this more sustainable for you? Yeah. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I I loved those four years. You know, I, I lived on a bunch of different islands. I worked all over Thailand, but also in Borneo, in the Caribbean. It was a really great life. But, you know, it, it's like I've, I did all the great things I wanted to do. And I'm like, okay, what is the next chapter? And I did that before I got burnt out. And that's very important because there would always be one older guy at the dive school who was very unhappy and grumpy all the time. And I used to always say to him, you know, it was was always a different guy, but it was always kind of the same persona. I'd always say like, why are you unhappy? Like, we have the greatest job in the world. All we have to do is scuba dive every day. We have sunset beers. We meet people from around the world. It's awesome. But after about four years, I realized if I had to do this every day for the rest of my life and I didn't have any savings, or you know, I didn't have any extra to save, I couldn't afford a plane ticket back home, you know, I, I couldn't afford to save up for health insurance or, you know, kind of emergencies. And I realized I don't want to get stuck in that position. So I literally Googled, how do you make money online? And going through the list, I, you know, I was thinking like, there's nothing, you know, I don't have the skills to do any of this. But luckily, the very first thing I, I did find was, you know, you can write an, an online book, an ebook. And I thought, you know what? It took me a long time to figure out how to live cheaply in Thailand and explore these passions, whether it's scuba diving or doing Muay Thai, both things that I, I, I did uh, for years while I was there. You know, maybe somebody would be interested. So I sat down. I spent two months. I wrote a book called 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap. I put it on Amazon Kindle and voila, you know, all of a sudden I thought, wow, if I can make $200 a month from, from this... I could just write three more books. <laughs> but I also realized, you know what, maybe there's another path. Maybe, you know, maybe that's going to take me a lot of time. <laughs> you know, maybe there's something else I can do to, you know, to also make money online. But that was definitely that first big step. Yeah. And you become so much more resilient when all of these different obstacles are thrown your way because it's either make it or break it time, right? And you really have no choice. And I think it's a really good thing because you end up realizing that you have so many knowledge and skills that you can actually create income from. So once you realize that, you know, not you know, writing an ebook is not going to float you for too long. Otherwise, you're just going to be writing all day, every day. What was the next thing that you did? So I was really, really lucky where I actually met a guy named Anton Crayley during my my travels. And I was actually asking him how I can sell more books. Because at first I thought maybe the answer is I just need to learn better marketing. So instead of selling $200 a month worth of books, maybe I can double or triple that. And maybe I can just live forever off of 
600 bucks a month, you know, the good life on the cheap. And thank God I never tripled my, my book profits because I probably would still be trying to scrape by in $600 a month today. Instead, you know, I met this guy named Anton and he gave me, you know, the best marketing advice and tips, you know, ever. And I asked, you know, I said, like, what, you know, how do you know all this? Like, what, what do you do? He said, oh, I also do, I also sell stuff online. But instead of him selling $10 books, he was selling really expensive, like, furniture in the US. And I remember, you know, we became friends and I started seeing, like, his, uh, it wasn't even phone notifications. It It was on his laptop at the time. It would, like, you know, it would pop up saying, you know, new sale, you know, $400, new sale, $800, new sale, $1,200. And this would come probably every 20, 30, 40 minutes. And the most surprising thing to me was he was completely oblivious to it. You know, we would be watching like a stupid, you know, cat video on YouTube or something. And, you know, a notification pop up for a $1,000 sale. And for me, it was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And for him, he's like, clearing it away so we can get back to the cat video. And that's when I realized, you know what? I think with the same skills (laughs) that it takes to write a book, the same amount of time it takes to write and market a book, maybe I can create a website where I can sell, you know, products and make a lot more money. (laughs) I love that. I love how he was clearing all of his sales out so you could watch cat videos. That's awesome. (laughs) Like that just really blew my mind. Like (laughs) That's what happens when you have this all figured out. It's just like second nature to you. You don't even think about it anymore. So when you were talking to him and you really wanted to understand, especially marketing, right? Because that's one of the biggest issues a lot of online entrepreneurs are really facing because you can have this huge and great idea for a business or for a product, but if you don't know how to actually market it, it's not going to go anywhere. So when you were talking to your friend, what were a few of the most mind-boggling things that he actually shared with you that really helped you create a successful business and market it well? Well, probably the biggest lesson I learned from him is it takes the same amount of work and the same amount of effort to sell a $10 item than it does to sell a $500 item and maybe even a $1,000 item. You know, maybe the $1,000 item is a little bit more work because it's, it's a big purchase, but people buy things that are a few hundred dollars, you know, online all the time. You know, and they put in the same amount of research and effort as they do when they buy like a cheaper item. And that's when I realized, huh, maybe instead of you know having the mentality of you know staying kind of in the the lower end of um, of costs, why not move up? And it took a long time for me to realize for myself, and it wasn't until I started making money that people who have the money to buy more expensive things, they're you know they're very clear and they're very smart on what they want. But as long as you can offer that exactly the way they want it, they are very quick at buying. Versus someone, you know, if you're kind of pandering to the lower end of the market, people you know that don't know what they want, they spend a lot of time and a lot of energy, a lot of your energy, you know, trying to get that free information, trying to figure it out, trying to get a better deal. You know, if you can sell to people that have money and know what they want, it makes your life so much easier. And it's not about chasing things, right? It's 
really nice when people find you and find the product that they really want to buy. And you don't really have to oversell too much because they already know that it, it's what they want. So that's a really good marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah. And, and a good example is, so now I'm, you know, I've been dreaming about van life. You know, I've been doing this digital nomad thing and traveling around for 10 years and I really love it. But at, at some point I want to travel around the U.S. as well. And with van life, there are kind of like the really cheap budget vans. So let's say, you know, uh, for people who don't have a lot of money, right? You know, like people want to self-build it. They want something used or they just want the cheapest of the of the ones on the market. The people who want to spend anywhere between, you know, 10, 20,000 up to maybe a maximum of 50, 60,000. But then for the same size van, the same category, like the same type, like, you know, class B, you know, mini you know, minivan, like a... There are vans that are, you know, $120,000 to $150,000. You know, I actually have a friend who just bought a Storyteller Overlander. And it's an easy sell because it is perfect. It is the best van. It's built on a Mercedes Sprinter. It's beautiful inside. It's really, really well made. And the marketing sells itself because people will just tell other people how great it is. But also, you know, if you ran an ad to acquire the customer you can afford to spend a lot of money on ads and on creating good you know good advertising because it's a $150,000 van mm. for you know to get to run ads to someone you know looking for a $50,000 van it ends up costing you you know pretty much the exact same amount of money you know so instead of spending $100 to get the eyeballs of someone with a $50,000 budget why not spend that same $100 to get the eyeballs of someone who has a budget three times as much? There's so many things there, right? Because we are always thinking that we need to sell like low budget items and it's going to be harder to be selling all of these higher priced items. And we can't even phantom it in our mind. But then, you know, someone like you, Johnny, is able to do this. And then your friends have been able to do this. And now it just creates a bigger and bigger dream for you and then you actually make it happen which is incredible yeah thanks and you know it's it's been a big transition you know almost kind of going from you know the backpacker traveler to someone who's you know working online and earning a normal u.s income you know i remember the first time i started replacing my u.s salary i started making fifty thousand a year but while i'm in thailand all of a sudden i felt rich you know i could afford to go you know anywhere I wanted. Uh, I can afford to stay in a nice hotel if I wanted or eat at any restaurant and not have to look at the, the prices. You know, I can afford to get massages every day, go on trips. And a big part of the reason was even a, a five-star resort in Thailand is way cheaper than you know even a three-star hotel in the US. But the fact is you know, my base monthly expenses were so low that it just gave me all this extra money to be able to either save and invest or to spend. Yeah. It's funny that you say that you don't have to look at the prices when you're eating out anymore because that's how I feel. You know that you are good is <laughs> when you don't have to look at the price of the food anymore. I'm like, that's the like that's the life. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I had this uh the scale of <laughs> and it sounds almost sounds ridiculous, but I wanted to be able to order extra guacamole with every meal, no matter how much it costs. And I remember going to uh, Chipotle and just <laughs> happily saying, like, you know, 
and I'll have double guac on that. You know, then go to some Mexican <laughs> restaurant, but like, you know, yeah, give us a side of guac. You know, because it's things that I know that make me happy. <laughs> it's healthy. I love that. Yeah. I think once you start doing those different types of actions and really creating that life that you only thought would be possible once you retired, right? Because a lot of people think that you need a ton of money to be able to have a lifestyle of the rich, but you can actually obtain that when you go outside of the U.S. and it's so much less money and you're able to enjoy your life so much more. Yeah. And to give people an example, so for the last two months, I've been here in Sri Lanka living right on the beach and, you know, literally walking across, surfing, you know, hanging out, running on the beach, you know, or exercise on the beach. And I have, you know, a nice hotel room. The place I'm staying at now, people would probably call a villa because it, it has five, and I'm sharing it with uh, some other people, but it's five bedrooms, five baths. And there's this giant garden. There's a huge you know, open space with hammocks. And it's literally on the beach road. This would cost a couple hundred bucks a night, $300 a night easily in the US. And here in Sri Lanka, the total amount I spent, including food, you know, and eating out at restaurants, cost of living was less than $1,000 a month for the last two months. And prior to that, I was in Chiang Mai, Thailand, living an amazing life, you know, and everywhere I live, you know, yeah. you have a house cleaner. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just so, su- such a better value. And it's not even a sacrifice. It really is a better life. Yeah. I mean, that's what we all want. So you're really selling this for for a lot of us here, Johnny. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about sharing this is because I know that if I had stayed in California, I would probably be okay happy, but I would probably be in debt. I probably wouldn't have taken a vacation in two years or maybe longer. And I would probably be kind of just drowning in things, you know, and responsibilities and car payments and here I have no stress, I have no debt, and you know I'm gonna have a really good retirement in the future because I've been able to save eighty percent of my income for the last five years. Now, Johnny, right now, right, because we often see this a lot when we see someone like you. You know, you live a very great life. You're in Thailand right now. You're by the beaches, but it's not always peaches and keen, right? There's also setbacks that you go through. And like with anything else, there's a lot of little hurdles or maybe big ones that you encounter. So what has been the biggest one that you have encountered recently as a digital nomad and as an entrepreneur? And how do you handle them? You know, it's funny, I was really thinking about this. and I felt like a lot of things, you know, there used to be a lot more hurdles when I was first starting. You know, things like I want everything to be easy and convenient or I want to have access to, you know, my favorite brands or my favorite foods or have the convenience of being able to order DoorDash or Uber Eats. And I would say here, not only in Sri Lanka, but in a lot of other countries, you know, even in Europe, they just don't have as many conveniences as in the U.S., I mean, in America, it's so easy just to sit on our couch, order groceries, order food, you know, have a huge TV with Netflix, 
and just kind of be lazy. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I kind of miss that. You know, I miss having a big couch and a big TV. But at the same time, when I really think about it, do I actually need to be able to you know, lay on my couch and order crap off of Amazon to get delivered in two days? Like, no, like I, I really don't think those things make us happier. You know, if anything, now that I've been traveling carry-on only for the last two years and just really not having many things at all, you know, really being a minimalist, I am much happier. I walk around in shorts and usually don't even wear a shirt because we're on the beach. And, you know, we're eating, you know, like, you know, just local food and, you know, once in a while order a pizza or something. But it's not like I used to really miss having my Popeye's chicken. And even though I still like it and I enjoy it when I go back to the U.S. once a year to visit friends and family, I know that by not having easy access to these conveniences year-round is actually healthier for me and my wallet. Yeah. And you really appreciate it more, too, when you only have these a certain amount of time in the year. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So when I go back, you know, I'll have my In-N-Out, I'll have my Popeye's chicken, it's okay to think about it for, you know, for the year and, you know, and look forward to it again. You know, I really don't need to have it. You know, I don't need to have access to it through an app. <laughs> so, Johnny, let's fast forward to 30 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? You know, it's funny. I, I, I think a similar question to myself all the time. Am, am I living a fulfilled life? You know, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow... Would I have regrets? And I really wouldn't. I feel like I've lived you know, the life of 10 people already. I've seen so many amazing places, had so many amazing experiences, and I've documented all of it. You know, I've on my YouTube channel, Johnny FD, the blog as well, I've written you know, extensive you know, guides with my favorite restaurants, you know, places to stay, like, and my favorite things to do in so many countries. I feel like all that is going to be there forever. So, you know, I hope I don't get hit by a bus in 10 or even 30 (laughs) years. But uh, if I do, you know, it's there. You know, I have two books, 12 Weeks in Thailand, as well as Life Changes Quick. I have hundreds of articles on my blog and hundreds of videos on my YouTube channel. And I hope that people will go through it and, and look at it and say, wow, this Johnny FD guy lived a really amazing life. And not feel bad that, you know, maybe feel bad that I died, you know, young. But if I can live to like a normal age, I would have felt like the most blessed person in the world, having all the experiences I've had. Yeah. And I think especially now during this pandemic, we really think about our mortality a lot more. You know, there's a lot of people from the old to the young who have passed because of what's happening currently. But you never know. You never know what's going to happen. And it's always great to really do what you want to do and live a life that, like you said, you won't have any regrets, even if something happened tomorrow, which is a morbid thing to to think about or say, but it's true. It's And whatever it is that we really feel like we want to do, it is possible. Maybe it's not possible to have it right away. But if you're taking those steps, even one thing every single day, it's going to really accumulate to becoming bigger and bigger and you finally accomplishing that. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And I and I know how fortunate I am. When I go on my yearly big scuba diving trips, uh, these you know, 10, 12-day liverboards, I'll be on the boat with people who saved for years, you know, at least planned for a, an entire year to go on this one vacation or this one trip. And it's their one time to, you know, take 10 or 12 days completely off of work, their two-week vacation. It takes a few days to travel there and then a few days to get back. So it's, it's basically their entire year's vacation. And it costs a lot of money. You know, it's their, their few thousand dollars. And I've now been fortunate enough to do this trip in, you know, this island called Sirocco in Mexico where we dove with hundreds of sharks and dolphins and manta rays. I've done this in Komodo, Indonesia. Now done it in the Maldives. I've done it in Thailand. And every time I'm on the boat, I almost kind of feel bad telling people that like this isn't just like a two-week trip for me. This is my entire life. <laughs> and I'm, you know, for the four months or six months before that, I was already in Thailand hanging out, you know, and or already in Mexico and Playa del Carmen, just, you know, living near the beach. And when they have to fly home, I'm just gonna stick around and, you know, and hang out for another couple months. Do you find it sometimes you actually don't tell people what you do because sometimes you do get judgment from it? Because with me, I have done that. You know, I kind of not really told people what I do and kind of put it in the lowdown because I have found that unless you're in our type of field, you're not going to understand. And then it's sometimes it's just better not to have that conversation. Yeah, because you do get the looks and then like the judgment or maybe some jealousy that's happening. And it's it's yeah, it's pretty crazy what happens sometimes when you tell people that you are living an offbeat life and you are actually creating income from this. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. That's not true. And you're like, yeah, it is. I'm actually living it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, even when I meet people traveling, I'll not lie, but I'll downplay how, how long I've been traveling for because technically I've been traveling since I left in 2008. You know, I haven't lived back in the U.S. for more than a month or two since then. You know, and yeah, I, I it's not you know I like slow traveling, so I'll normally spend two to three months in each place. I'm really you know getting like a nice apartment or Airbnb, and really you know put down roots and get to know the place. You know, I think that's the 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 hack to longevity, you know, not being on a plane all the time, really spending, you know, even three to six months in each location, but moving when the weather is not good, you know, or moving because you know, I really want to be in Europe for the summer, for example, or the surf season's over, you know, here in Sri Lanka. So when I meet people while traveling, I'll then they ask, oh, how long have you been traveling? I'll normally just say, you know, since whenever I was last in the U.S., even though that trip back to the U.S. was only like a month long. It's kind of sad that you have to do that sometimes when you have to downplay because, you know, what you've done because a lot of people don't understand it, even now, you know. But hopefully because of everyone working remotely, they will understand that this is so much more sustainable now and everyone's getting to see that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I'm, I, you know, the one good thing that's come out of this this whole worldwide lockdown is how many people have started work, working remotely now and how commonplace that's become and how common apps like Zoom and Slack have become where people realize, you know what, there's not really a reason to commute to work every day. And for the people who are spending 30 minutes to an hour each way, maybe it's an hour or two hours of your life every day 
that you're just sitting in a car and hopefully you're doing something productive, like learning a new language or you know, listening to an audiobook or at least a podcast like this. But for a lot of people, it's just, you know, one or two hours of just misery, you know, during the commute, you know, <laughs> and it could be on a train, it could be in the car, but I haven't commuted for more than, you know, five minutes <laughs> for for years now. Cause I, I normally just choose a place that's near my gym or near my co-working space or the, my favorite cafe. Yeah. And if you add all those hours in a span of your lifetime, that's ridiculous. That's so crazy. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's why I have so much free time to do things like learn languages or build businesses, you know, or you know, have these hobbies. A lot of people think I'm not working, but I still work, you know, 20 hours a week. And it's enough because I'm that's 20 hours of productive work a week. And I'm not commuting. I'm not attending meetings. I'm not doing any, you know, any of the crap. I'm just doing what's necessary. And I'm able to earn a six-figure income. You know, not only while spending a tiny fraction of it and spending a thousand dollars a month when I'm making closer to ten thousand a month, but I've also have so much free time that I can surf literally every day. I can go, you know, hang out with friends for hours a day and you know, spend an hour a day learning a language. It's it really is a great life. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's a life that a lot of people really want to live and it doesn't take a lot of money to actually achieve that if you do it in a different way. Well, thank you so much, Johnny, for being here with us and for speaking with us. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? So if you guys want to listen to my podcast where I interview other location independent entrepreneurs and digital nomads, subscribe to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. And if you want to find out more about my life and how I've been living and how I built my businesses, you can go to my blog, johnnyfd.com, or look for me on YouTube. Perfect. Thank you so much, Johnny. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah, very welcome. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Johnny. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more online job resources. Hey, friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.